Welcome to the Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. Hi, and welcome to Thrive TV. My name is Lauren Parsons, wellbeing specialist. I'm your host today, and I'm so thrilled to be joined today by Aldonna Lewis Fernandez. Hi, Aldonna. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. It is great. So good to connect with you. So today we're talking about how to get what you want by thinking like a negotiator. Really fantastic topic. And today Aldon is going to teach us how negotiation is an everyday thing. She's going to share with you how you can ask for exactly what you want and get it and how to get really good at negotiation. So I'm excited and I've actually heard Aldona speak on this topic and she's got some fantastic insights that I know you're going to be able to apply straight away. So before we dive into that, however, I'd love to just get to know you a little more and let our readers and listeners get to hear a little bit about you, Aldona, in a quick fire round with our this and that question. So you're ready for a quick fire round? I'm ready. Okay, so tell me, cats or dogs? Both. I have cats, though. Oh, nice. Both. Okay, nice. Indoors or outdoors? Outdoors. Mm-hmm. Chicken or beef? Uh, beef. Ah, okay. Shower or bath? Love to take a bath, but showers quicker. Yes, I'm exactly the same. Exactly. Uh, would you rather visit the aquarium or the zoo? The zoo. Okay. Broccoli or carrots? Broccoli. <laughs> Flats or heels? Heels when speaking. Yes, I am the same. And then flats all the rest of the time for comfort, right? Uh, right. Would you would you go for free health care or free education? Free education. Mm-hmm. And poet or a scientist? Poet. Okay, fantastic. Thanks for that. So to tell you a little bit more about Aldona, Aldona Lewis Fernandez is a retired Air Force veteran with 23 years of honourable military service. And you may well know my husband is military, so we have that affinity. As a contract specialist in the Air Force and contracts negotiator and manager after retiring, Aldona has negotiated hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts. She authored the book, Think Like a Negotiator, 50 Ways to Create Win-Win Results by Understanding the Pitfalls to Avoid, and also co-authored the award-winning Heart of a Military Woman. Today, Aldona is a keynote speaker and experiential trainer on negotiation and self-leadership. She also founded the Dynamic Vision Foundation, which is a non-profit which helps women in Kenya eradicate poverty through the baskets and beads. Project. So I'm so thrilled. Thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom with us. So to start off, tell us what is it that you love most about what you do now? What I love most is actually sharing the information and watch people really take it in and get it and then go apply it and create win-win results for their life. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And it's amazing seeing the results that can come from your advice and negotiation. So where did you first learn your negotiation skills? I joined the Air Force when I was 19 and got into a career field called contract specialist, which I didn't really know what that was until I went to my technical training school and realized I was going to be purchasing and negotiating contracts. I wasn't a natural negotiator. Actually, I feared negotiation and I had to learn it pretty early on when I started my Air Force career. So why do you think that most people fear negotiation? It's that people fear negotiation because they fear rejection. A lot of people, when you go and ask for something, they'll say no. And 
uh, that no, people don't like to hear that no. So instead of hearing the no, they simply avoid asking. Mm -hmm. And you always say that negotiation is an everyday thing. Tell us about that. Well, I always say whether you're negotiating a multi-million dollar deal, how to get your kids to do their homework, or where to meet for dinner, it's all a negotiation. I, the skills that I teach people, I learned negotiating the multi-million dollar contracts and also negotiating with my teenagers when they were going through their teenage years. And it, it, when I say where to meet for dinner, or where to meet for coffee, say you meet someone and you ask them, oh, hey, let's meet for coffee at eight o'clock. Well, I can't do eight. How about nine? Well, nine's a little late. Can we do 8.30? Sure, that's great. You've just done a negotiated agreement. It's the same thing for anything you do. Mm -hmm. So we're actually doing that all day, every day. And I think a lot of people listening in will be parents like myself. I can picture that negotiation, although, yeah, we don't want that to become a lengthy process, do we? So that's great. So tell me, how do you get good at negotiation? What are your foundation skills? Well, you have to actually do negotiation to get good at it. And a lot of people that aren't used to negotiating or hear that word negotiation think, oh my gosh, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. But if you simply go out to someplace like a yard sale or a swap meet or a, a thrift store, those places are simple and low cost and low risk places where you can actually test your negotiation skills and make offers. So it's something easy to, and simple to do to get more comfortable with negotiation. So you, do you recommend for people that want to work on this just to intentionally go out to a yard sale and just try it out with Yeah. Like you say, there's not a lot of risk. They can just try out their skills. Right. So here's what you do. You go to a yard sale with a few dollars in your pocket and anybody who's having a yard sale or garage sale or something, a thrift sale, something like that, they're not expecting to get what, what they're asking to begin with. You walk up to the, to a table and you see an item you want and you ask them how much it is. And the next thing you have to think about once they give you a price is whether you think it is or is not fair and reasonable. And then you can go back and forth and make a better offer and then agree on a price and agree on a deal. That's simple negotiation. And those same strategies carry over into the bigger deals. Mm -hmm. So I know in your book, you've got 50 strategies. And when I heard you speak, I think you shared perhaps 10 or 11 of them. Can you share with us some of the key strategies and techniques that you recommend people use? Well, the, the first thing that I always tell people is you need to own your power. And what that means is you've been given a price or a term or condition, or you come across something that you don't think is right. You have to basically decide to stand up for yourself and own your power and that you're going to do something about it. Most people, they something happens or maybe you get a bogus charge on your credit card or maybe the interest rate is too high or they've just increased the price on, on, on something and people, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take it and don't do anything about it. So the first thing you have to do is own your power and stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you often talk about the key of really asking for what you want. And I think often people, this is something I speak on as well, but from a slightly different perspective, I think often we don't always picture and focus on what it is that we really want. Can you expand on that point of really asking for what you want? That is the biggest foundational or one of the biggest foundational principles in negotiation is ask for exactly what I want. And 
the word exactly in there, meaning be, be exact, be specific with what you want. Oh, I'd like some more time to do that. No, I'd like 15 more minutes. I'd like another hour. I'd like another day. Be specific because your idea of exactly and theirs is exactly, if you don't ask exactly, if you simply ask, oh, I'd like some more time. Okay, you can have five more minutes. I needed a day. Well, you didn't say that. I'll give you five more minutes. You have to be specific. And you're not going to get what you don't ask for. People, again, go back, going back to the rejection, people are afraid of being rejected, but you have to think that rejection isn't personal. It's not about you. They may need more time. They may need more information or it may be no. The bottom line to consider is you don't want to miss an opportunity because you didn't ask for exactly what you wanted. Absolutely. I know you've got lots of great stories that you use to illustrate how powerful these negotiation skills can be. Could I invite you to share some of the stories or examples that you often use? Uh, well, the, about asking, the one story I share about is, is when I went to Kenya a year ago. And I had to ask people to donate for me to go on the trip. It was a 10-day trip, and we were going there to do outreach and service and things to the people in Kenya. And the person that I'd met had been going for about 20-plus years. And I, okay, I want to go. I decided I was going to go. And I told my veterans group at my church about it, and one guy made a donation. And then I got in my fear of asking. I. Mm-hmm the negotiation queen. I wasn't going to ask because I was afraid of rejection. And I thought, well, who's going to donate to send me on this trip? Why, why do I have to ask? And I, I was going through some tough times in my business. I actually had lost, a con- lost several millions of dollars in contracts. And one of my contracts had expired and they weren't going to talk about extending it. And then people were expecting me to speak for free. So the whole idea of, okay, I need to raise some money was not on my priority list, but mm-hmm. they needed some funds to book my airfare. And I kept telling them, Oh, I don't think I'm going to go. But one day the guy who made the donation called and I, I grabbed the phone and he said he was going to help me raise some money. And when I got off the phone, I always say, you have to get your ask ASK in gear. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to get my own ask in gear and ask for exactly what I wanted. I made a commitment. I figured I need 125 people to donate $20 US to me for my trip and made a commitment to do that. And I contacted about five people a day. And before I knew it, the one per- first person donated $200. I asked for 20, they donated 200. Wow. A lot of times people get more than what you ask for if you simply ask. Second two people donated $100. And then after that, I had more than enough money and I was able to go on the trip. And as a result, we went to a lot of different places, uh, met some ladies in a place called the Kipsongo Slum. And one of the ladies, actually this beaded necklace I'm wearing that's made out of magazines, she gifted it mm-hmm. to me, asked me to, to, for sponsorship for her son to go to school. And I went away thinking that's what I might do, but found out that they make these beads for sale. I also have a a beaded bracelet that I'm, this is made out of magazines. And I got this idea to buy some beads and sell them with my book when I speak. 
and I brought them back and sold out and got some more and sold out and I kept selling out and started wholesaling them into shops. I've, I've started a nonprofit. I've been back to Kenya three times and we'll be going again soon. And the, the bottom line with all that is what would have happened if I wouldn't have asked? And I tell people that what opportunities are I ask you, what opportunities are you missing because you're not asking for exactly what you want. On the other side of fear is the opportunity to change lives. I'm changing the lives of these women. They were prostituting this, themselves and now they are becoming entrepreneurs and able to take care of their families. If I <laughs> wouldn't have asked, look how many people, the women, their children, they wouldn't be having life-changing experiences. So that's a good analogy of the importance of why you need to ask for exactly what you want because not only will it change your life, it will always change the other people's lives too so you never know what may come up simply out of the ask that is such an encouragement and that feels really timely for me because there's a huge project that i have somewhat underway and somewhat in the pipeline but listening to you i've realized that i have too have been stuck in fear and that fear of asking for support and sharing this message and I'm sure there's others listening in right now that are perhaps having that same realization because I think it's so common for us to know maybe vaguely or maybe clearly what we want, but fear is that big thing that holds us back. And I love what you said about focusing in on what is the positive impact going to be. You know, perhaps it's a great initiative like yours and you think about how it's going to affect people in, in the world. Perhaps it's that you're wanting to really negotiate a house sale to create the space for your family. And actually it's worth standing in your power and asking for exactly what you want. Yeah, that's powerful. I know you also shared a story about your daughter and her situation with her flat. Are you happy to share a bit about that? Because that was a really interesting and powerful story. Oh, yes. I, I've become the queen of landlord-tenant disputes. I've helped so many people get their deposits back from landlords who were not taking or, or taking it all and not giving them anything back. And that, that's what happened to my daughter. She had rented a, a flat, an apartment, and uh, put down the security deposit. And then she moved out a, next the following year because the landlord wanted to raise the rent. And in the state of California here in the U.S., we have in our landlord-tenant code the opportunity to have somebody do a pre-move-out walkthrough inspection. They came and did it, told her to clean it. She invested in somebody to do a deep move-out clean. He came back for the final inspection, said it was fine, except for the, the baseboards could have been a little cleaner. She expected to get her full deposit back or most of it. He only gave her back $98 of the $800 deposit. Wow. And I mentioned earlier about fair and reasonable. You have to determine when you're presented with something like that, is it or is it not fair and reasonable? And then she did the next step, which is prepare in advance and went away and did some research and found out she had a good case that she wanted to take it to court. And in the end, she wrote a letter with my help and challenged the guy. He ended up sending her whole deposit back to her and wouldn't have done that if she wouldn't have stood up for herself. She challenged mm -hmm. each of the deductions in the, the letter and there were no receipts which are required by law and there were he didn't follow the procedures he thought oh college student we're going to get one over on her mm -hmm. so she stood in her personal power she took time to get prepared in advance 
and she went back to him saying exactly what she wanted. And I remember you also mentioned she did it in writing, which was really yes. powerful. Yeah. That's a key thing because verbal, verbal things are admissible in court, but they're a whole lot harder to prove. You want to have a paper trail. And she decided she was going to take it to a court of law if in fact he did not give her some money back. And she actually decided she wanted, she, he got, she got back $98 and she wanted 400 more. She'd be satisfied with, okay, give me some more. This isn't right what you've done. I don't think I did all this stuff, but give me at least $400 back. She didn't say that in the letter, but that was in her thinking. That's my bottom line. And you have to decide that. That's why you prepare in advance. You decide that in your negotiation. What's your bottom line? And then she wrote the letter and she outlined a rebuttal to every single thing in writing. And then she also said, I'm going to take you to court if I don't hear from you in two weeks. And she sent it certified mail, meaning it goes to the post office. The guy has to sign for it. And when you get a letter like that, it usually raises an eyebrow. What's this about? And he did call her and leave a message. She didn't call him back right away. And he got a little worried. And then in her mailbox, the full check. He sent the full check back. Mm-hmm. And she had a conversation with him later. And he did ask that question too. Well, why didn't you just call me? And she said, well, I do everything in writing. And he said, well, judging by your letter, you were unwilling to negotiate. She said, well, I told you to call me. And he said, well, are you willing to negotiate? She said, no, you already sent the whole deposit back. Yeah, of course. Now there's no point. (laughs) Right. And he said, well, I see how you are. Mm -hmm. Right. The bottom line thing is you're calling somebody on their stuff. He rented to a lot of college students. He actually charged her for repainting the whole place. It was a year. She had one little nail hole. There was no damage, Mm -hmm. honestly. And that comes back to that fear and reasonable, doesn't it? Some people are not always going to be fair and reasonable, and so you can call them out on that. Right, and push back and own your power. And I'm standing up for myself. I'm not taking this sitting down. Mm Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Well, Adon, I'm sure we could chat all day and I know you have a lot more tips and advice around that. And obviously people can, if they're interested in this topic, invest in your book. So if people wanted to find out about you or your book or get in touch, what's the best way to reach you? You can find me at eldonnalewisfernandez.com online. Also Eldana at thinklikeanegotiator.com. Great. Fantastic. So thank you so much for joining us. I love what you're doing with your beads and baskets projects. If people want to find out more about that, is that available anywhere? Yes. Basketsandbeadskenya.com and also on social media, Baskets and Beads. It's fantastic. You shared about this at the conference that I was at that I attended and it's amazing the vision that you have and just seeing how things are coming together and you're using your skills to help benefit these ladies. So so thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your time joining us today. I hope our listeners are inspired to think like a negotiator and for you listening in that you go out and make sure you get what you want because you deserve it. So that's been another episode of Thrive TV. We will see you next time. Thanks so much, Aldona. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Thrive TV show with Lauren Parsons. Visit thrivetvshow.com to access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next inspiring episode.